Slack. Hello and welcome back again to Over the Bridge podcast. We're here again today. We're going to be talking specifically about identity uh, in the year of 2018. It's you know it's a big topic. Who are we um, as people? Where are we going from here? Um, a little bit of context. Like recently, I ran a workshop in the evening. And we were just unpacking identity. We just called it identity chats, and there were just loads of people came together in a room, and it was interesting just to hear that conversation. But it's something that we as friends talk about quite a lot and we have a lot to say about. So hopefully what we'll get through in the next bit of time is just a little bit more of an understanding of who we are as individuals, what identity means to us and sort of where we're going from here. So to open the floor and kick it off, identity, how would what does that mean to you? That's hella vague, man. Do you mean yeah. as in like what like, identity, like defining identity? Okay, let me, um, like a... let me like explain that a little bit more so how would you describe your identity right that's a better question I can it's a tough question he wants to kick it off I'll go fuck it um yeah so yeah that's a that's a proper tough one I think there's there's different elements to what makes up like my personality or my sense of identity there's definitely I think race plays a big part of that and I think has done as long as I can remember just existing in, in this country. I think that's natural given that if you are a minority, you are made to be hyper aware of your race. Um, so even, even though I don't think that's necessarily an ideal situation, I think that um, given that it is a social construct, I think it has, in the, just the practical terms of it, is important to, to um, see race as part of your identity and informs how you navigate and how you kind of go about in, in the world. So I think definitely being black is, is, a, is a key one. Being... Um, a second generation immigrant, um, I think also plays a big part because there is just having conversations with, with friends that are kind of in terms of, kind of like kind of a similar background. They, there is a shared experience in a sense, even though there's those differences depend on how you grew up or what kind of country, wherever you're from. There is a similarity in the sense of how you relate to Britain and how you see yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, about that. So yeah, being 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 a, a second generation immigrant, being Ghanaian, definitely as well. Though I probably I'd say I, I struggle with that to an ex, to an extent, just because there's certain aspects of claiming to be from a country mm. where okay, you might eat the food, mm. you might you know like the music. There's the language aspect. There's so many different things that play into it, and do what you, people claim is what did you? Nah, minty tree. Unfortunately. Oh, uh, my parents didn't speak it to him growing up, so and that's I think there's a common thing as well. Do you speak tree? So Utichi is do you speak tree? I don't know why, that's what I basically said. I know a bit of God, but I don't know tree. Oh Tete. Okay. thing that sounds that sounds wild to me, guys. Was that authentic? I mean I'm not gas, so I couldn't I couldn't say I'm a shanty and shanty and sessu, but um yeah. So that, that definitely plays into it. So like not being able to speak the language fluently yeah. um, definitely makes you feel in a sense like you're, you can't fully claim it. You're like the diet version. Word, like <laughs> in a way you can put it like that. That's as well. a bit harsh. Diet. Um, it, wow. Oh, diet that tree, bad? that's harsh, bro. Diet really? tree or diet, I don't know. I because when you're in Ghana, actually the first time I went to Ghana was yeah. when I was fifth. Well, I was there as a baby for like a year. Yeah. So obviously I don't have any recollection of being there. But then the first time I went after that was when I was 15. Yeah. So I've already developed to, to an extent, like I have an identity, I have a kind of sense of self. Yeah. Being Ghanaian was part of that just because that's how it works in the UK where, yeah. where mm-hmm. you're from, where your parents are from. You don't say, oh, I'm from England. You say, I'm from Ghana, even if you may not say you've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. there was that disconnect, having not been to the country for so long yeah. during my formative years. The first time you go there, it is like you're in a foreign country like in a completely different place mm, it doesn't mm. automatically feel like home um, and it, you have experiences where sometimes you're made to feel like you're an outsider and other mm. times you're still embraced like okay you're just one of us yeah, so yeah, yeah. you're gonna have both both experiences yeah. but yeah I don't think I've ever felt 100% comfortable to say that you're Ghanaian not, no I can definitely say I'm Ghanaian but yeah. to really embody what it is to be Ghanaian and yeah. what does that I mean, what does that even mean? What does that even yeah. mean, really and truly? Because yeah. you can go a level deeper and look at it on tribal lands, which a lot of, in Ghana, like, even though there's a strong sense of nationhood, yeah. there's still a strong sense of, I'm a shanty, I'm fanti, I'm ga, I'm whatever, whatever yeah, tribe, yeah, yeah. Ewe, do you get me? So, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, is this you can choose? I think we have a option to choose, and and it's a malleable thing. It can change over yeah. time. But what you choose to identify as mm-hmm. um, identity is definitely yeah, 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 and to be flexible with it yeah, as well yeah. over time. Mm. Um, and I think finally one thing that is is like a big part of my identity. I think, and I didn't acknowledge it as much until I kind of started traveling outside, is being a Londoner. Yes, mm. Um, mm. I think that's one thing that mm. I can say like wholeheartedly. Just, just from if someone to look at me and just listen to the way I speak and just yep. look at the way I dress or whatever the case is, they can say, "Oh yeah, he's from London." And like, it's, yeah, it's so very it's clear. As well, it? Yeah, 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 it is, man. Yeah. It's definitely a, yeah. it's yeah. definitely yeah, a pride thing. Yeah, man. Man. and that's one. No, that's no. one thing as <laughs> well that can't be disputed. Do you know what I mean? Like everything else can be like, "Oh, you're not a real this. You're not a real that." I mean, even a London thing, it can be to an extent as well. Like, ah. Uh, because we Londoners are very territorial. Wait, what's yeah. your postcode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My current. The thing is, I've moved you around. So you're not living London proper <laughs> now, are you? I live in Croydon at the moment, isn't it? But CR something. I'm from CRO. Yeah, but I'm from London, I'm from bro. Camwell. I'm from. I've lived in Camwell, <laughs> Peckham, Woolworth yeah. Road. Yeah, yeah. Croydon. I've lived in Sutton. Well, Carshalton, which is like all south. south. Everything's all south. But like, yeah, yeah you get this. I've lived in the city and out. Yeah, yeah. But I'm very much South London as well. Like. That's a strong part. You're proud of, part proud of that, yeah, innit? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'll say those are the, the key things. So being, you said black first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was in that order, okay, necessarily in okay, that order, okay. but definitely being black, being second generation immigrant, Ghanaian. being Ghanaian, yeah. and then no, being London. a Londoner, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pat, pa, what about you? Um, it's a tough one, man. Because um, one thing I realised after Bilal's talk, because I went to Bilal's talk, um, yeah. I realized that my identity shifts depending on where I am. So, um, yeah, when I was, I always say this now, but when I was living in Brazil, it's become this anecdotal thing. Um, <laughs> it's one time in Brazil. Yeah, it's one time in Brazil. Um, I realized how British I was and I didn't like it because um, it's not, the things that about me, that I realized are quite British um, were things like, so let me let me explain this better. So I tell people that my family's from the Caribbean, from the West Indies. And because of that, that's why I like Brazil because there's a similarity there. Because when you go to Brazil, there is, there's definitely a similarity in, in, in it being in, you know, in, Amer- in the Americas, the food mm. is similar, the climate in Rio is similar. Um, I remember when the Jamaica national team was the Jamaica Olympic, Olympic team were out there. They were they were saying the same thing that they they feel this kind of affinity with the place. So mm. I say to people like, this is why, you know, I I like Brazil. I think because you know it, it resonates with me because my family's from here, mm. um, and they have an idea of what West Indians are like. And I say to them, yeah, West Indians are quite similar to Brazilians in that you know they're very warm, they're like fun loving people, they're open people. You know, they're not like closed off mm. um so yeah they they got that but then my character i can be quite introverted and quite quiet and sometimes i don't feel very extroverted and i want to party and i want to do you know what i mean i don't i'm like i'm generally quite a, i can be quite a quiet person so that's when i was like raw actually like i actually don't like talking to people randomly on the street i don't enjoy it like it was something that i had to kind of like address with myself when i was living out there and be like, actually, no, now that you're living in Brazil, be a bit more open. Like, you're not in London anymore. You know, you don't have to be like this kind of closed off, cold kind of. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're going home from work, you don't want to talk to no one. You don't want to look at no one. You just want to put on your headphones, mm-hmm. listen to your music and go home and watch EastEnders. But, yeah. So I, I realised that actually when I was in Brazil, I was like, right, I'm actually a lot more British than I think I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you're in the UK, the thing that makes me different and the thing that I'm constantly aware of is mm-hmm. the fact that I am... British, but not like white British people. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Mm. I am black British. So I'd say to, I'm, I'm waffling a little bit. I'd say my identity, when I think like, what is the first thing that comes to mind when I think about my identity? I say that I'm black British um, with West Indian, West, West Indian ancestry. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking now about like, cause you were sort of touching on how there's this common experience that um, black Brits and black Londoners have to the point where I feel like soon people are going to stop saying that they're from 
um, my, my, my dad's from Jamaica, my mm. mom's from Barbados, or mm. my dad's from Ghana, my mom's from Nigeria. Mm. They're going to say that I'm black British yeah. almost to the point where it's become, it's going to become an ethnic thing. Like, like African American. -American. Mm. Because especially, be, especially Ooh. because like intermarriage now, um, you know, there's people with, you know, uh, West African and West Indian parents and things like that. And it's been that way for a while. Yeah, yeah. But I think especially with our generation, like there isn't that separation now where like, where it would have been with our parents' generation where, it's a big deal if you marry someone from West oh, yeah, Africa. That's, that's, that's mm. you right, a, right now, isn't it? Say, huh? That's you right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. skin in the yeah, situation yeah. right now, isn't it? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's your position right now, bro. No, nobody said anything about marriage, though. Let's, let's, when's the no. wedding, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but, Apply pressure, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like with our generation, it's I think people are going to get more comfortable with just mm. saying I'm black British. Yeah. Mm. And I think mm. there's now a lot more sense of pride in saying that because it feels like it's almost like a, it's a legitimate identity because we have this shared experience now. Mm. Whereas yeah, before yeah. my parents' generation, yeah, there's similarities between the West Indies and, and West Africa and other parts of Africa as well, because white supremacy, post-colonial life, whatever. But it wasn't like, you know, um, I'm from the West Indies. I'm just like um, my friend here, Ayo, who's from Nigeria. Do you mm. see what I mean? We mm. have a different. We have. A, we've got. We're in the same place now, but we've got here from different ways. Whereas yeah. now, I feel like, yeah, um, Black Britishness is becoming more and more like a legitimate ethnic mm. designation, um, mm. as well as identity. Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, I, and also the other thing is, when I'm in the UK, like. I'm like, I'm a Londoner. Like, mm. and I feel like that makes a difference yeah. to like saying I'm British. Because when you say Londoner, the connotations that come with it means that it's like a lot more multicultural. Like we have a different, we have a different outlook, I think, as Londoners, you know, to the rest of the country. Sorry to the villagers that are listening in. I'm sorry. Villages. No, I'm sorry. I'm being rude. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not villagers. But um, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that when in, in Britain, I'm very proud about being a Londoner because mm. this city, as, as it's not it's not utopic, it's not perfect, but the cultural diversity is something that makes London so unique. Um, mm. And the fact that, especially for our, our generation as well, like children of immigrants, it's particularly the black immigrants. Like, I feel like we can really be proud of being black British Londoners uh, more than ever before. I don't know if that sounds a bit too much, but no, no, no. Uh, we, we, we've been yeah. talking about obviously that that black um, that London advert as well. So when I watched that, I was like, yeah, man, man's a Londoner. Like I'm Londoner first, then British. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd agree. I think um, my identity. Um, this reminds me of a conversation that me and Bilal had a while back, but I'll let him tell that story because it will it will be unveiled to you, and you'll think, ah, oh, this makes sense. My identity. What would I say? Um, uh, yeah. See, um, tough, no, it's tough. tough. What I what I say, I would. Um, I'm affected because I went to your talk, Bilal, and so it made me think about my. Before I would have said something different, what, but I'm thinking. What but like, what before? did you say at the talk? Yeah. What? Uh, uh, what did I say was most important to me? Was probably me being a black male living in London. And that affects that's pretty much what I said. Oh, yeah, so that's the same thing. Yeah. Um, Have we all four of us said blackness first then? I've like, said as, it. As like being yeah, yeah, he said that, in, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, black black male living in London. Um, for all intents and purposes, I I, I am of mixed race. Um, I have I have a, a black mum. Shout out mum Kanye. I have a white dad. He's English. Um, but I identify as black. Um, well, mainly because I just live with my mum anyway, so it's very heavily black in, well, environment, I guess. Even mm -hmm. though when I'm with my dad and, you know, my dad, my dad's sort of like, you just think about like a typical white dad, if there anything, there was no such thing as a typical white dad. <laughs> but think about like him taking his son to a football game when he's seven years old and when you get older, growing up with him and rare, rare, and you're going to have six pints before you watch a football yeah. game. And have you ever seen six Tom, pints? Have you ever seen Tom down a pint? It's frightening. Really? Like I get it from my pops, and it's like we do that, and that's like Yo. a very that's it. You know what I mean? So that's that's that six one side. Pints, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Scary. No, before a football game, you drink six pints. That's not what each. 
between the no, two. Each. <laughs> Yo, you might have like what? Like, no, it's normal. Before you go, no, no, that's the thing. Like, I might even drink six pints of water. Where's that going? Going to, you flush it out very quickly, but it's like you go football with your pops and that, and that's sort of, and it's weird because when I, like, obviously, when I, when I think about, it, I'm not gonna go into mixed races because I don't want that to over, over like just be the dominant part of the conversation. Because I don't, I think there's a lot of discussion on that, and we would do it. I know, I know, but it can sometimes be. Truth. You know, sometimes it can be an overarching theme. Sometimes, and yeah, yeah. we need to talk about other things. I recognize that as well as that too. But it's like if I was when I'm with my dad. I do feel like a, I don't want to say a white side. Like a geezer. No, but there's a part geezer. of that as well because, no, you know what it is? Because like my, my a lot a lot of people I know in London yeah. support the Arsenal and including our parents. Wait, wait, the Arsenal. Arsenal. No, Arsenal. but the reason why, because someone said to me, I was like, why do everyone, even like your mom, your auntie be supporting Arsenal? They said, because of the fact that Arsene Wenger brought in a lot of black, black, black yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. And he was one of the first people to do it. Yeah. You know, not even Sir Alex or any of them guys were yeah. doing it. Even before that, with Ian yeah. Wright. And yeah, the, but yeah, with, um, what's it, Rocky Rowcastle, yeah. rest in peace. So, Rowcastle as well. Um, and it was like, but my dad was a West Ham supporter from a long time. So obviously it was like Billy Bonds and Alf Ramsey and Bobby Moore and Trevor Brookin and all of yeah. these kind of like yeah. people who were East London boys like myself, but a different kind of East London boy, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. kind of like a barking boy, but yeah. I can't say, ah, oh, man's a, I can't say I'm a plaster boy. Or put it this way, a Jame, Jermaine Defoe can't say he's a plaster boy in a way that, I don't know, like a David, Beckham's from Leightonstone, but let's say Beckham's from plaster. He can't, Jermaine Defoe can't say I'm a plaster boy in a way David Beckham could have said I'm a plaster boy, do you know mm. what I mean? So, and it's like, when I'm, when I'm in those like very, very white spaces, mm. and I'm not talking like, middle-class corporate white space. I'm talking like the pub, yeah. like the mm. kind of, in, in that space. When I'm with my dad, yeah. or I'm in a West Ham shirt, it's fine, I don't get any looks or whatever. But if I'm right. in there by myself, I'm getting a different kind of look, oh, do you know okay. what I mean? Mm. So, which doesn't mean, you know, and it's like, if I'm if I'm in Westfield, just walking with the West Ham shirt, people will come to me, oh yeah, yeah, how's the season going? They see that as, yeah. they see that as my identity, being a West Ham fan. So which, what kind of tattoo? I don't know. I, I need to see it, man. But it's like, it's like, yeah. So that's that, that's part of my identity, isn't it? I yeah. guess small mm. part bestowed from my father. So mm. I'd leave it there. But Bilal, what about you? No, so just your truth, jump, bro. Come back to that. So Tom said that there's a story, right? So where a lot of this thought first came from. Me and Tom were sitting in Box Park Shoreditch one day, mm-hmm. and um, we were just talking. We were just talking about this. Like, yeah. where are you from? What's your identity? And I was like, it's interesting the order in which you describe yourself. Yeah. So when someone says, oh, tell me about yourself. Like, what do you say? Mm. And, you know, I'd, I'd always say, well, I'm mixed race. I'm from Neasden. Um, I'm 26. And I'd go through it in that order. Yeah. And we're talking about the order in which you describe yourself yeah. must be what's important to you, surely, right? Mm. And those mm. are the attributes that you think, well, this is what I've defined myself by and this is what I live by and this is what other people can see as well. Mm. Um, but then you talk about the bits of you that you, that perhaps are more invisible to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you look at me, I'm obviously a male to look at, like I'm I'm not white, but there are those things, I'm not old. Like you can just tell What those. do most people assume that you are? Um, race yeah, wise, I want to hear so. this because people, mm. I get I get sent, what do you, what do you, what, what do you what, what, assume? What, what race wise, yeah. people yeah. racialize me as. Um, yeah. It changes all the time, man. If I change my hair, so like obviously yeah, for years yeah, now, yeah. I used to have cane all the time and yeah. twist. Like for years now, I haven't done yeah. that. People must have thought you were just like, from the West Indies. Yeah, yeah I used to I get that a lot. Bro, I used but, to get Bayesian a lot. Yeah. So are you Bayesian? I was like, nah, but yeah. Honestly, you, when like, I had Kane Row, man, all the time people just assumed. What's that assembly? No, hey, no bro, you I'm, got a hat on your head, didn't you? I'm from Barbados as well. Like, show me your hairline. Show me your hairline right now, bro. You can be trying to drop. Show me your hairline. Show me your hairline. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Show me your hairline. His hairline's actually all right, you know. Man said head shape, you know. <laughs> no, because I'm from Barbados. Don't hurt my feelings, bro. Head no, shape, man. No, it's a nice head shape. Oh, thank Bilal, you. Thank I didn't want. To, I didn't want to come to your point. I'm sorry. This is fine. Patrick just had wars to start, you know. What um, do you mean? Bro? <laughs> head shape is a strong word, you know, bro. <laughs> it's it's it was neutral, bro. It's neutral. Right, There's cool, no. Cool. I'm from Barbados as well. My mum's Bajan. I'm very much. Yeah, I'm proud of my Bajan side. We have nice square shaped heads. <laughs> Quick, have you got that Ghanaian head? You know the big black. I got oh, that. Do you know I got the I got the feel like I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. Look, yeah. can we don't have that quickly. typical Ghanaian head. Uh, sorry, sorry. Come back to head shape after, man. Sorry, sorry. About head sorry, head shape. sorry. We noticed. So what? What did people perceive you? Yes. Yeah, so, so it depends sorry, on my sorry, hair, right? Sorry, so when I had cane row, all the time people would just I'd just assume that I was Caribbean. Nowadays it's a lot less likely because yeah. I've got mm. a big beard and I'm mm. brown and I normally have a rucksack, so people see me in a totally different <laughs> way now. <as> well. but, <laughs> uh, 
And your name's Bilal as well. My name's Bilal, Bilal Khan. Khan. Yeah, like, yeah, my name is yeah. Mohammed Bilal Khan, you know. But Mohammed as well? Yeah. But, <laughs> but so Harry, Harry as well. Let's not forget Harry as well. Yeah, Harry name, is on it. The name that I roll with is Bilal Harry Khan, right? Because that's know. what I've always seen yeah. myself as. But on your passport, it's Mohammed. But no, nah, on my birth certificate. Okay. Um, oh, and, you know, it's interesting because a name like that, a, a colour that I am, yeah. people see me as Asian mm. a lot yeah, of the yeah. time. But then... Actually, a lot of people go. Where are you from? Because no one can. Yeah, no yeah, one can tell. Point. Where are you really from? Yeah, where are you really from? So <laughs> Does that question bother you, by the way? Where are you really from? Yeah, I'm not really. I, th- I think it bothers a lot of people more than it bothers me. Mm. You know, like I'm not gonna fight someone if they ask me that question. Yeah, because yeah. I think I know where I'm really from, and actually, the DNA test is it's actually interesting. So I don't mind talking about it, but um. I think for a lot of people being asked that, yeah, it's a it microaggression. That, yeah, and it means people are saying that you're not from where you're saying yeah, that yeah, you're from. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where are you from? Your DNA test. Where? What? what, what oh, it's so what, interesting. What like all over the world, man. Um, like three percent Native American. Like you get these tiny little percentages. Wait. Like where's that even come from? Every continent but, in Africa. Mm, them ones. Every continent. Every I continent have. in Africa. Raven said that. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Is this Black Panther more Black Panther? Chat? No, no, no. no. Oh. You know Raven, Raven Simone. Yeah, she oh. said she's like I. I did a twenty three and me oh, test. Okay, yeah. okay, and I okay. I found that I'm actually from every continent in Africa. And wow, wow, it's like Raven wow. Simone, man. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry, I'm um, no, so like, so like mostly South Asian and then mostly African, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Native American as well. That's cool. Yeah. So you just find out these interesting mm. stats. I'd recommend anyone to do it. Um, I need to do it. Yeah, yeah. I need to do it as well. Still. But I do think for me. Um, going back to like, how would I describe my own identity? Mm. Um, obviously, the three of you brought up being from London, being um, male mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. being, you know, race. And those are three big things for me. So like gender is yep. a big thing. Um, yeah. And I think it plays a big part. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think the next sort of question I want, one of the questions I asked on the night yep. um, to people was, which one of your, aspe- which aspect of your identity yep. do you know the most, do you feel like you know the most about? So I'm going to throw that out to you three. So at, at, at the time, I'd be, at the time, I went to the age category because numerically I was like, I know <laughs> I was born at this point in time because age was a factor, right? And everybody yeah. interpreted that way. So I interpreted it like to the letter. What, what do you know most about? Like, so I was like, I know most about my age because I'm like, I'm still finding out more things about my race because like the family history on both sides is interesting, but I don't, I know about it, but only up to a few generations. I don't know. Mm. I mean, a lot of us have never but done that. Who is, do you think you are? Stuff, is that race or ethnicity though? Um, both. For me, both. Mm. I know I know. there's a distinction between the two, but given like one, you know, mum and dad are being of different colours and different ethnicities. Yeah. There's an intersectionality yeah. for me there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So they are, for me, they are, they're different, but they're one and the same. So, mm. yeah. Right. Mm. What about you, Quakey? Um, what's the question again? Which one? Which aspect of your identity would you say that you know the most about? Oof. Do you know what? I have to kind of agree with Tom in a sense. Is like, I think it's being a young black person in the UK. I think that's that's what I can most comfortably speak about and feel like I'm an authority on it. I cannot speak authoritatively about being a Ghanaian yeah okay I can speak authoritatively about being a Ghanaian in the UK yeah, yeah. Mm. do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so yeah mm. I'd, say, I'd say that yeah same um I feel like it's very similar to the question like what what how what do you use to describe your identity and mm. like the first mm. thing you say mm. will be the thing that you know most about um but yeah I don't know man like blackness is something that I feel it's, it's, it's something that's been given to us, this 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 notion of being black. Like mm. it's how society perceives us. Um, and it's also why I think that how you choose to define your race perhaps isn't as important as how other people choose mm. to, to see you. you. Mm. And that's, mm. it, that's deep. I say, I, I take that with a, with, a, with a pinch of salt, a teaspoon of salt, because obviously like if someone misidentifies what your race is, then yeah, of course. Um, but at the same time, what do we mean by, like race is not, it's not a quantifiable thing. It's just some nonsense that, you know, some colonizers came up with mm. way back when. But human human beings, we like to categorize things. So it's not a ridiculous thing to have like race, but also at the same time, it's not a quantifiable thing. And one thing when we were at uni, cause I did a, I did a paper on um, 
Latin, Latin American colonial history. And there was a race um, topic in there. Um, I had to do an essay about it. And it was one of the most memorable um, supervisions that I had with, um, with my supervisor. And she was saying, look, you've written a good essay, but the way that you're talking about race is in a very kind of, um, you're not thinking about, basically race is not so much, it's not so much that you can quantify it. Cause I was like struggling to like describe what it is and define mm. what it is. And mm. she said like, you know, it's not so much um, what race is, but what race does. Like think about what race does or like the designation of race does. And then mm. that will help you to understand, mm. you know, race politics from mm. there. Mm. So that's why I was like, that's why I say now that it's more important the discussion is more about how the world perceives you. And, I, and that, and unfortunately it means that blackness is this thing that's just like, you're black. And it's like, well, there, yeah, but like before colonialism, there was so much more to being, do you, do you, do you there's think, so, so much more to my do you identity. Think black, do you think that the term blackness has almost become a catch-all? Yeah, and, it, and the thing is, I, like I, just, I feel like it needs to be now because we live in a post-colonial society. We live in white supremacy. So like you were saying before, Kweku, we have shared experiences, black people across the world. You can go anywhere. I'm telling you, you're gonna find a lot in common with another black person. Yeah. Don't matter, do you know what I mean? Because we live in a post-colonial mm -hmm. society and because of globalism, because of you know shared history, whatever, like there is a such thing now as blackness as a, a kind of monolith. Mm. But then at the same time, it bothers me that we are at this stage because like when I went to Lagos, Lagos was the most diverse place I'd ever been to on planet earth. And had someone that hadn't, didn't have these sensibilities to the different ethnicities of Nigeria, they'd be like, oh, they're all black. Yeah. They're all black mm, fellas, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, no, they're yeah. all black. Mm. But it's like, no, like you have Fulani, you have Hausa, you have Igbo, mm. you have like all these different languages being spoken, mm. all these different religions as well. Like, and the, the thing about that, Lagos for me was a, such a experience because it's like, it's not like it's peaceful in that's like everybody just gets along, but people cohabit, they share yeah, the yeah. space. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lagos was like genuinely the most diverse place I've been to on planet earth. But because of the way we understand race, mm. we wouldn't see it. You, someone wouldn't see it people. that way. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Another thing I was talking about um, with a friend a couple of weeks back um, is, you know how like we, we talk about the Horn of Africa, right? And how like it's like debates whether they're black or not and like they, how they see themselves and whatever else. And it's like such a shame that colonialism has done this thing where like, we're just black, right? Mm. Just follow me on this one because I'm proud of being black. Don't get me wrong. Um, but now because of colonialism and this understanding of blackness, somebody in Nigeria, according to white supremacy and this understanding of blackness has more in common with someone in Ethiopia than someone in Ethiopia has with someone in the Arabian Peninsula, mm. even though they're so much closer. Yeah. Like mm. it's a short boat ride away. Mm. Yeah. And historically, you know that they would have traded, you know that they would have shared um, all this cultural exchange. Yeah. But now because of how we understand blackness and the African continent, someone yeah. in Nigeria, they're, you know, part it of is, the same monolith as it, someone it, in Ethiopia. It's it, like, there's it, thousands of miles and different. And it is always like, interesting to see I want to hear BS to say, but in, in terms of the question, but a, a quick comment is it's always interesting to, to see when you go to someone from Tunisia, Algeria, those, Libya, those countries, yeah. North of Africa, are you African? <sighs> it's a hard question for them that they have to think about because yeah. a lot of them see themselves, they're not Arab, but a lot of them see themselves of Arabic descent. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not black like someone from Sub-Saharan Africa is. Mm. And it's like, I feel, I feel more French or whatever. So it's like mm. someone like a Zinedine Zidane and them Algerian guys, they're like, am I African? Well, yeah, but no, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And as soon as they move to France, they're like, yeah, man's just Arabic, innit? So mm. Well, mm. I'm, from, I'm from Arabic. Well, they say descent, they're like so. they're, um, Maghreb, which is like North Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, right. but Maghreb, but it, it, there's no mention of African. Yeah. Do you know? Like mm. the Maghreb is like yeah. Northern part of Africa without using the word Africa. And like, again, it's like this thing of like, Africanness and blackness being the same thing, which I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated discussion. But my point is, is just like this blackness as a monolith. It's like, I understand it and it's necessary now, but isn't it such a shame? Because it loses so much nuance and so much, 
like diversity. Like the thing that upset me the most was like when I was in Lagos, I was like, yeah, like this is the most diverse place I've ever been. And if I didn't, if I didn't have this mindset of understanding the differences between these different ethnicities in Nigeria, mm. I would just see them as all the same, all the same. And how, that's so, Real it's talk. really sad, isn't it? Mm. I don't know. I don't know about Real you guys, talk. but I thought, rah, like this is amazing. And then, but to, I think you all, know, of that, all of that's within context though. So like when we think of blacks as a monolith, was that as like a, a separate identity? Um, that's usually in the context of, I mean, there is a global perspective of it, but I think it's usually in the context of being in the minority, being a minority in a, in a country. Yeah. So like when you're in America or when you're yeah. in Europe, the blackness has that kind of monolith. And there is, yes. even though there's a different cultural backgrounds, there mm. is still similarities based off our positions in society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's where that kind of, um, that relationship has been seen as that one thing can emerge. Whereas if you're in Africa, if you're in Nigeria, if you're in Ghana, or yeah. the, even even when I've been in Ghana and, and been in Kenya and been in other, other places, like I've never felt black. I've never, I've, I haven't, haven't had to like be hyper aware of the fact that I'm black. Yeah, yeah. I don't even like, it just doesn't play yeah. in my mind. Yeah, like, yeah. I just, I'm just there and I fit in. It's so, it's I such remember a, the, the first time a I liberating to, feeling, like having that, not having that mind. Having I had exactly, like I had that kind of light switch moment. The first time I went to Barbados after becoming an adult and I was just there like I went out there on my own and stayed with my auntie and I was like rah for the first time in my life I don't stand out and I don't have to be wary of how I come across and threatening people's personal space because I'm a black boy Mm. like I can just exist that's a big one I can just walk around and nobody's like clutching their purse I'm just and that's I think that's what I enjoyed about living in Brazil as well even though like don't get me wrong, Brazil it has its own race issues and there's a lot of racism in Brazil, but there were so many black people mm-hmm. that in a way, I feel like white people in Brazil are more used to seeing black people. Um, so like if you, you know, it depends where you are in, in Rio, to be honest. I'm talking about specific from Rio um, perspective, but I feel like they're more used to seeing black people. Um, they see like, I don't know, it's hard to explain because you don't really see that many black people on TV, but like there isn't this thing where like you come across a white person and then they jump. Like, you know, mm. like if you come around a corner at the same time as a white person in the UK, mm. they will jump. Because yeah. it's like, oh my God, like, what do I do? And you have to just kind of like, you're altering your body language and you put your, your voice up three octaves and you do all that. Mm. Mm. I didn't really find that I needed to. <laughs> Trust me, I remember one time I had to do, voice. I was stuck behind this old couple. Um, I was going to work and I was late. Um, this was a few years back when I was working in Oxford Circus. And I was stuck behind this old um, white couple and like for about five, 10 seconds, I was practicing like the voice I was going to use mm. to say, excuse me. So it wouldn't make them jump. So I was like, <coughs> trying to take all the bass yeah. away from your yeah, voice. Take all the way. I was like, excuse me, can I get, and they still jumped. I'm like, oh my days. Like, what do I have to do? And I had a, I had a violin on my back as well. So like, I'm not hoodlum. Like, I'm not going to like, where am I going to go? Like, I'm just a nerd. Like, come on, leave me alone. Like. But um, yeah, I think you raise an interesting point, right? And mm. the point being that, um, you know, we often tend to know the most about the aspects of our identity that we face discrimination yes. on, yeah. on. And then, and what you said before, Patrick, mm. about, um, you know, is it is it more important what I define myself as or what other people put on me? Mm. And how so much of these visible aspects of our identity are like labels that are put on you yeah. by someone else. Mm-hmm. And like, if someone else is putting a label on you, black man, mm. then like whatever you do isn't really going to change that, right? Like yeah. no matter yeah. how you yeah. perceive yourself. Yeah. Um, so I want to mix it up a little bit because I think we focus on, we talked about race a lot. And like, obviously for me, one of the aspects is being male, I think that that's something that's quite important mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me um, fundamentally because of the privileges that being male has brought me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not a white man, so I'm not as privileged as some other men may be. But I do think that being a male in a predominantly female family. Mm-hmm. So in my family, nearly everyone, like there's not really many guys around. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I've been, I've had to see, I think and this is why I say I'm feminist, because I've seen women mm. um, in positions like, I hate using the word strong women because I think it's... Let's but matriarchs. You've had matriarchal examples. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Examples of matriarchs. And for mm, me, mm. then the concept that, oh my God, I'm not a woman has been interesting for me, right? So mm. then I've, you know, my gender has then played an important aspect in mm, mm. me growing up. Mm. Um, but the other thing I sort of want to talk about is not the invisible aspects of our identity, right? Mm. So one of the things on, on that event that we were talking about before, 
um, one of the words that was up on the wall was class. Mm-hmm. Um, so like your social class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think that for me, class, mm-hmm. even though, yeah, everyone says, you know, we're moving away from a class system, blah, blah, I get that. But for me, being working class, is, it has played a huge role yeah, in yeah, my upbringing. Yeah. One way that I mm. think um, mm. I've been able to navigate white spaces is because of the fact that when I was growing up, I had a lot of practice. And that's because I guess, yeah, a lot, a lot of aspects of my upbringing were middle class because of the environments that I was in. So I played the violin, like I said, so I was knowing all you know, these children's orchestras and youth orchestras. And not to say that this is just a purely middle-class space, but the cultural capital is something that, you know, is seen as a middle-class pursuit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you like, you, you, you learn how to, how to, because I think the thing about class as well, like let's say you're a black person, right? And you want to know how to navigate whiteness. If you can sort of rub shoulders with middle-class white people, mm it's like you've learned like a good example of whiteness. Shout out Cambridge. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because we talked about this in our first podcast of like why, you know, Cambridge to me wasn't that much of a shock. Like, mm. honestly, like wow. it was just more, it wasn't. Honestly. I know, I know, I know, I know why. And, I, you know, we've yeah. spoken about this loads of times, but, but it's because I had yeah practice and my upbringing, like I said, was, yeah, it's fairly middle class. Yeah. Um, my parents, they had a very working class upbringing. Um, and it's like, I was in this like weird sort of limbo space between like, you know, cause when I go back to like my grandma's house and everything, like there's like, there's like a, I feel like I was in a limbo space. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. in between middle class mm-hmm. and, and working class, um, especially like, you know, the stuff that my parents um, had to go through growing up and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I definitely feel that class, we we, we often overlook this. Mm. But I think for me personally, I'll stop talking now because I've, I've been talking a lot on this episode. I did it last time. Well. Um, <laughs> but for me, my ability to navigate these white spaces is because I have the tools to navigate middle classness. Mm. And I feel like, you know, if you go up a level in terms of class, then it's like almost like, let's say that I only knew white middle class spaces. Mm. I would flop in Cambridge. Do you know what I mean? Because like I'm black and all I really know is like this white middle class. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That in Cambridge, that don't, doesn't mean anything. Mm. But if I say, oh yeah. So when I was 14, you know, I played at the Barbican and you know, I played Rachmaninoff and I played Shostakovich, you know. My like, man. Yeah, big up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did all that. Did you got Rachmaninoff, yeah, bro. Yeah. No, Rachmaninoff, man. Um, Prelude in G. Yeah, he's one of my favorite composers, but yeah, that's for another time. But I can talk about this stuff and then suddenly they're like, oh, Oh, wow. Do you yeah. know what? Yeah. Tell me more. Do you know what? <laughs> you know, I tell you something. This is so Cambridge was a big shock to me um, because I'm from growing up, born and raised in Newham. And mm. Newham's like a very, very multicultural bar. I don't know if it's the third in the UK or something like that, but it's up there. It's up there. Yeah. And so you're used to seeing a variety of people and people getting along, whether that's because they're children and there's an element of naivety and you don't recognize all of those aspects. I think that's that. That's, that was a contributor, yeah. but you just kind of learn to get along with all races and you don't really realize what the fabric of England, and I say England, you know, include Scotland, Ireland, Wales, exactly, include that all, but in, including the fabric of, of of the country, what it actually looks like. And somebody said mm-hmm. to me, if you really want to know what the fabric of England looks like, go to any one of the train stations. I'm going to said this before and take the first high speed train you can get that doesn't stop off for a, another hour and get off at that stop or the stop after that and you'll see what England actually looks like. Mm. It's not in London, it's not in Manchester, Birmingham, Mm. Coventry, it's not in these big cities and these places that we take a lot of pride in. It's in these kind of green areas, politically, typically very blue, sometimes purple kind of areas. But do you you mean like, sort of like home county stuff or do you mean like Labour towns? No, not even Labour, I mean, that's that's a different thing. If you go up to the north, you'll obviously be very very different. Mm. Or or Wales would be very different. So I guess, I am talking about the home counties to an extent, but that yeah. was what Cambridge to me looked like anyway. Yeah. I didn't see many people mm. from the north. So Cambridge yeah. was a very, um, very like south southeast. Yeah, there was a concentration of people from the south southeast, you know, and home yeah. counties as well. Mm. So it was a big shock to me. Um, I, I one day I, w- I went on varsity ski in 2011. I loved it. 
Um, I think everyone should try skiing. You don't actually get that cold. Just context. Tom is like always skiing. No. Do you know what it is? Skiing is so lit. No, but I I loved it. I loved it. I I didn't think I would love it, but I was like, I just want to try something new. Part of me going to uni is trying a new experience. So I went, I was like, and I I wasn't sure I'd enjoy it, but I had a great time. Now I ski one, two, three times a year. Um, Jeez, tax bracket, man. Different. <laughs> nah, bro, you can go cheap. Nah, nah, nah. That's another thing. That's another thing. That's, a, that's another thing, isn't it? Like, it's, it doesn't. People make it out like it has to be no, expensive. It's not, it's it's not, not, it's not that expensive. Depends where you go. Like, yeah. I, I was, I was, I was, I was, just, I was skiing I used to go on Christmas. Still, you know, dry slip things. <laughs> I was, I was skiing the other week, and the valley that I was, I was in the three valleys, and and the valley I was in was significantly cheaper than um, Courchevel. Courchevel is like ridiculously serious because they got loads of like all the Russians flock there like oligarchs flock there yeah, yeah. and so a coke is like 20 euros when I could have gone to Carrefour and got six packs six packs of coke for three euros you got Carrefour, but you know shout out Carrefour but going to Cambridge was a weird space because one I, I did feel that it made me more middle class yeah. number one I think maybe all of us can it agree will that do. in a sense yeah. Yeah. and I and think a lot of yeah. people might even say that going to uni in general not just Cambridge yeah, yeah, yeah. True. True. it's still True. very much like a middle class thing to do yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, in like the in yeah. the kind of like the national mind like, yeah in yeah. national mind going to uni is a middle class thing to yeah. do right yeah. so like I think a lot of we've had this conversation before but like you know, me going to uni as a working class person, am I now middle class? Like, does you know, I don't know. I feel that's that's a, that's I don't a want to that's, that's, yeah. yeah, we need to do a podcast on class. On class. On class. So, I kind of want to move it on because one of the things that we mm. haven't there's a lot of identities that we haven't spoken about, yeah, right? just yeah. for all of us in this room. We are able-bodied, yep. straight, non-white men. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the sort of thing that we... So we haven't spoken about disability. We haven't spoken about sexuality. sexuality. Yep. We haven't really spoken that much about any other aspects of... Gender. Of gender, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I do think for us, like, we're obviously coming at this conversation from one angle. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But there are still within us, like, hidden aspects of our identity. So, mm-hmm. like, one thing might be, I don't know, like, mental health or is has that impacted on... Yeah, but I don't know. On how you see yourself. Is it, for me, health, mental or physical, mm. I guess because it's not something that I have to think about often. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say that it's part of my identity, but for some people it, it will be yeah. because yeah. It, mental health or physical health is something that they have to, they, that they have to deal with on a daily basis or yeah. it's a periodic thing. Yeah. I think uh, that, sorry to cut you off. I think that hearts back to what you were saying about how with identity it's, we tend to identify with things that were discriminated against. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why, even though you mentioned the thing about, um, we didn't, when we initially went around and said how we identify, I don't think any of us actually said being men until you brought it up. Because mm. we, that's, as we see that as yeah. just kind of like yeah. the default kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we're not discriminated based on our masculinity in this wider society. Mm. It doesn't, you don't even think to. Because I feel like yeah. if this was a podcast mm. where it was for women, they would mm. definitely say that say they are women. women. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Yeah. But do you, yeah. do you, and that raises to another question. So like, one thing that I always think about is, I think being black males in London, that intersectionality, Yeah. maybe even just, no, actually, yeah, yeah. I was going to say just being a, a, a black male. Actually, I had the London thing as well. Being a black male in London, mm. it adds this kind of, this intersectionality is weird. Yeah. And actually it brings all of that to the core because for example, I remember when when stop when the stop and search policy was around, mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously, I mean, Ooh, right, let, let's not, please, please. But when it was prominent years ago, yeah, yeah still around now, but you know what I mean? Um, it was disproportionately geared towards black males. Yeah. I'm not saying black females didn't get it, but I didn't hear the outrage as much as you would have done from black males. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. there's that kind of intersectionality. I, which, I feel yeah, like yeah. I know what you're touching on um, because this this happened at the event where Bilal asked us to stand next to the the um, the thing that defines our our identity. No, the thing that we are discriminated against most, the most. on. Mm. And everybody flopped to black. Yeah. And then mm. I thought about it and I was like, actually, because like, don't get me wrong. This is not to deny my my male privilege at all. Obviously, we all here benefit from male privilege. Yeah, of course. But I think when um, being male is cu- coupled with being black in London, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it, it, it yeah, definitely it's, it's like a neg- it is a negative. It a negative. So yeah. in, in I hope hopefully this isn't coming off the wrong way. But like I said, I don't. I'm not downplaying the fact that I have male privilege. But I think what, once blackness is coupled with being a male and you're from London as well, like 
like we all know here, like when we're walking around London, we're navigating this urban space. Mm. We always, always, always have to be so hyper aware of making other people feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. We can't yeah. not think about that because yeah. the, the second that we, we forget about where we are, what we're doing, it opens us up to this person was behaving threatening, yeah. threateningly around me yeah. or like, oh my God, like what's this guy doing? And then two, two, everything goes left. You yeah. know what I mean? One. Like you, you get off the bus at nighttime yeah, yeah. and you're walking behind, like you're walking behind anyone, but like, let's say you're walking behind a white woman. Mm. Bro, like but, you're more, I feel like you're more like, Oh my then, god, then, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. Then, then probably the babes like, themselves are probably like- Because it's like- I'm This is the yeah. thing, because people talk about, oh yeah, you see a black person coming across the road. More time, I will, well not more time, but I've, I've tried to stop doing this now, but at the same time, I have to think about, you know, um, the, you do have to think about the other person. I don't want somebody else to be afraid. Like it's a, you it's a fact of- You shouldn't have to check. You're, you shouldn't have to like- True, but like, let's say for women, it's a fact of life that women will have to be super vigilant yeah. at nighttime, especially if there's a man yeah. around. Yeah, so yeah. I'll be aware of that. And in that instance, I will cross the road. Do you mm. see what I mean? Because it's like, I don't want to make this person Yeah, I know, feel... but is, is it every day you have out of body experience to suddenly realize positions? Yeah, like, yeah. I need to cross the road then. You existing in you know? a space. But this, yeah, it's, it's tiring. I don't agree with it, but yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean? No, like, I hear you, I hear you. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Like if I have to cross the road and just so that to make someone feel more comfortable. Sometimes what I notice is when I'm walking, like I'll see that someone ahead of me can, you know, they can see you in the back of their eyes. So they'll mm. stop and just make sure that you walk ahead of yeah, them. Yeah, 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 anyone, exactly. I, yeah, I thought yeah. I was the only one just, that goes through just that. Just change the rhythm of yeah, your walk because you're yeah. catching up with them yeah, a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, I'm catching up with them. Let me just slow down a little bit or let me walk past them. Yeah, and you're yeah, yeah, a little yeah, fast. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, do, you think, do you think that your age plays into this or do you think this will change or get better with age? I think once you get older and like less threatening, like, threatening then, physically. Yeah, then people are just like, oh, it's just an old, old, old black, old black man, man innit? Yeah. So but, let uncle sit down on the tube, innit? Like them ones. But yeah, it's, I'm. I, let me just state this again. I don't want to be misunderstood. Like I'm not downplaying male privilege, mm. but I feel like when blackness is coupled with being a man, especially in London, it's the only point I'm, the, the point I'm trying to make is that as a black male, you're super hyper aware of making other people, making sure that other people feel comfortable and not threatened by your mm. existence, which yeah. is yeah, wild. 100%. Like that's I'm just wild. breathing. That's and that's, that's, that's the thing. It's like when I, when I think about it, yeah. And I think about the headspace that those things that you have to compute in your head pertaining to that, how much it takes up in your head sometimes. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. other people don't have to go through this, this crap. Yeah. Like, and it, it just- Well, I was, I was talking know? about it really frankly with my work colleagues the other day. Um, the work colleagues were white, um, two white women actually. And they were like, oh my God, like really? And part of me is like, yeah, like, I guess it's it's crazy. But at the same time, I'm like, but come on now, come on. Like what I'm saying is it can't be that revolutionary. Like you can't like not have any nah, kind of notion. No, no. You know why I'm, I'm laughing because I, I went to see a play called Hashtag Lighty, all right? Um, it was a great play and terrible. It was a great play. It was talking about bro. Don't bro. don't start. No, I'm joking. It was all about. Sorry, sorry, whoever organized that play doesn't you know what, Lynette, that If you're listening, yeah, who, who yeah. did the play? Lynette Auntie Lynette. Lynette. Oh she was God, oh, Lynette. wonderful. Play. Patrick, don't that's not Samara's sister. No, 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 no. no, no. I don't know. But look, same but, surname. No, it's not Samara's. In, in, I'm in, being stupid. Sorry. In the play, the play was talking about intersectionality is what it is to be mixed race. Great play. However. For me, I, I, the thing that the thing that got me the most in the play was there was one like old-ish, sort yep. of 50, 50 aged, yep. 50 year old man. You could tell he was, I think he was from like South London, like the borough or somewhere like that kind of, I don't mm. want to say Bermondsey and go straight there in it cause whatever, but you know, <laughs> shout out Millwall. Millwall. Dickheads. Millwall. Get me, come on you irons. Get me, I had to say that out there. But um, look, the point is, and this guy actually Got said Brexit Thomas, verbatim dude. was like- Brexit Thomas. Hey bruv, please, please, please. <laughs> he said, look, he said, he said, um, I didn't know. Oh, you coloured people had to go through this experience. Like, I've, been, I've lived in London for 50 years and I didn't know that, you know, you coloured people have to go through it. Wow, when I tell you, you could hear a pin drop when that man said that. No, but you know what? It was like, stupid. wow. Actually, what I said before actually is really stupid because privilege, I know this because I always say this, privilege makes you ignorant or it makes you stupid. Um, and the same way that like, you know, when we talk about like, when women online on Twitter bring up like colorism or they bring up um, feminism, yeah. like 
we as men, we're just very like, we're just stupid about it. Like we just- mm. Sometimes we, sometimes quick to shrug because, it off. Because yeah. we, we never have to think about it. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, to, to be honest, no, maybe I shouldn't be shocked that they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have to go through that. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing. I think when it comes to what we focus on in this conversation, this is what always happens. You focus on the aspects that other people don't understand your struggle. Yeah. Most. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, when it comes to identity, and like we talk about the struggle that we go through. Yeah. Um, and then what you, someone said, was it you? But like, if there were four white women doing yeah, this exact same conversation, yeah. talk about something completely different. four women, but four yeah. Women, what if yeah. you imagine, like yeah. you could change the, yeah. the settings of the person and they'd probably talk about completely different yeah. things. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, just, I think we didn't touch on was like occupation and what you do. For yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, there's all this other stuff. That there's loads of, yeah. How, Would you say, that, is that a part of your identity? I, I feel like for you it is, because I feel like you're on your, like your career is like a vocational yeah, thing. Man's like, job. You're, you're doing what, you feel like you almost been put on earth to do now. I feel, oh. I don't know. No, but yeah. that's how it comes across because yeah, when yeah, I saw you at the identity talk, yeah. you, you know, you're like talking about how you work with young people. Yeah. I, yeah, hopefully my employer's not listening to me. What, mm. Like my job is not, I don't feel like this is what I was put yeah, on earth so to do. I enjoy what I do. I don't think, but the thing is for me, occupation, like my current actual job mm. isn't like my identity, you know? Mm-hmm. But, okay. Maybe is it a, a part bigger, of it though? Yeah, but a part of part of who I am is yeah, I work with young people, and that will mm-hmm. always be part of me. Yeah, but whether or not that's, and this is the thing, whether or not that impacts on on me and like how my perception of myself, I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. I think that that comes out of my identity rather than forms it. Yeah, but okay. obviously there's a balance. Right? Yeah. There's an external yeah. thing with it because I think even if you just think our conversations and when you introduce to someone, the first thing they well usually one of the first things they say after you find out your name is like, oh, so what do you do for a living? Yeah, like there's there's definitely right. and there's you see a big perception. Give her your business you cards, you I know? haven't had that yet. You know, I still feel like I'm a few years behind. But even if someone was well, no one, no one ever asks you what you do for a living, it takes a while to do you not get that really, really, yeah. Maybe I just what don't look like I have a job. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, <laughs> 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 I've seen you work there. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually people will ask me, oh, like, what do you do? Or where do you work? Yeah. But it's not one of the first things that come up. I think maybe I'm just too interesting for all of that. I don't know about oh, you guys, man. Well, yeah. 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 I'm too interesting. <laughs> uh, no, I... I, I, I if someone was to ask me, what do you do? I'd be like... Oh, I'm a, uh, what do I even do? Like, I have to think about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, one of the, what, sorry, no, be, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, one of the no, things that I'm almost like winding this up, like one of the things that I want to, want us to talk about is, so I think the last question I talked about on that day was, but we never really got into this. Mm. So we can do like mm. quick, everyone say their piece on this. Mm. Um, so now that we've talked about the aspects of identity that are important to us, right? Going forwards. Going forward. Mm-hmm. Which what which um aspect for I remember you feel like will impact your life the most. I remember. So the, the, just restate that question just so it's super yeah, clear yeah, yeah, so yeah. the listeners. So which aspect of your identity do you feel like will have the biggest impact on your life moving forward? Okay. I remember in the talk the only person going towards religion going forwards. Yeah. And that's my own personal belief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because fundamentally I believe in life after death. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm a Christian, not a perfect perfect one by any stretch of the imagination. We know that, Tom. We know that. I know. But but I need to stop. I need to stop. Like, you need this guy always Man said, man said head, man, headline, man. head shape, and now, nah. It's not just Pat. you though, everyone can get it, man. Fire <laughs> back at me as Equal well. Like, it's loaded, you're loaded, you're loaded you know. to fight, I swear. <laughs> Isn't it, like, no, so that, for me, I went there because that's my ultimate belief in life after right. death. Mm. But if on, while on this earth, it will probably be race, isn't it? I think going forward. Yeah. So I leave it there. Mm. So yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, Absolutely. I agree. I mean, it's it almost what, after religion? this whole, no, um, oh. race. I think after this whole talk, it almost seems boring to just be like race again. But I feel like no matter what I do, what heights I get to, at least in my lifetime, I will still always be a black person, a black male. Is that, a, mm. are you saying this negatively? Are you saying that? It's just, it is what it is. Um, and most more time it will be negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you see it in the UK, like Meghan Markle, she's marrying, you know, Prince, what's his name again? Harry, Prince Harry. Patrick has no time for the man. That no, the whole no, no, that's it, no time. It's Harry, isn't it? Yes. It's not, okay. it's Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, imagine, but like, imagine she's going to be a princess and still it's like, mm. she's, she's literally like the most sort of, She's the whitest black person that you can, not in like in a negative sense, but like in a in a skin tone. Yeah, 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 yeah like yeah, yeah. She, she, she's like, you know, like a drip of, of milk yes. in coffee yeah. black. Like she's yes. very, very close to white. Yeah. 
and still like the, the media the can't, outrage. they're just going mad. The like, outrage. Boy. Imagine mm. if it was like, you know, like a dark skinned girl with like dreadlocks. Mm. That would and, not even happen. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Can you imagine <laughs> like the, the world yeah. would stop? But like, would stop but it doesn't matter as a black, <laughs> Barack Obama, like, yeah. I, I don't think he's a perfect person. Like there's definitely a lot of critique to be had about him. Mm. We're not getting into that now. I know people on Twitter, you know, Barack Obama, you know, um, but Black he's the most powerful man. He was the most powerful man on earth. And still people, they just yeah. see him as just another nigga. Do okay. you know what I mean? So I'm uh, wrapping up, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. done. So race, you, you're saying it is what it is, negative, most likely impact on your future it will, existence. It, it will be. No, not negative. Not negative. No, 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 no. Hey, I'm, 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 I need to sharp. I need to sharp. I've said my piece. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blackness will always be the most important aspect of my identity. Unless aliens invade planet Earth and then suddenly it's humans versus wow. aliens. Yeah, yeah. Big statement. <laughs> no, but. Big statement. Slim Wednesday. I think, I think for me, it's kind of a, a mixture of both of what Patrick and, and Tom were saying. So like, I think on an ideal world and something that I'm hoping to to kind of do is to incorporate my spirituality a lot more so to my identity. So like I've always tried to, I've always in a sense had uh, a belief in God and like um, the ways in which I practiced it, obviously stemming from Christianity originally and then kind of like uh, learn about other religions. But definitely I think having some type of like framework in which to practice my spirituality is going to be a big thing moving forward. Um, I wanna, I want to, and this is kind of going against the fact that in reality it's probably gonna be mad difficult. But I want to be able to detach a little bit from race, mm. and like ha- having to always see things through the lens of race, mm-hmm. because it is tiring, and the debates and the conversations around it, it gets repetitive, it gets boring. It's just like I just want to, I want to get to a stage where I can feel like I'm just a human in it. Like just I'm quirky. just, I'm just quirk. Yeah, more so just I'm just human. I'm just quirk. I'm just me. Mm. I, I have um, relationships and engagements and interactions with all these different elements, mm. whether it be race, nationality, yeah. religion, whatever it is. But I just want ultimately to be able to be comfortable enough. It's like, yeah, I'm just me, and that's that's enough. Like, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think for me, um, it's interesting how two of you brought up things that we didn't even talk about for the whole conversation. Mm. <laughs> like you said, religion, and you said spirituality. We never even touched on them. But then we'll, have, we'll have a podcast. Everyone listening will have a podcast on religion. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be um, good one. How, I yeah, got a piece I of we've got a lot to now. say on that. I mean, mm. I did theology, whatever. Yeah. But I think for me... Pastor um, Bilal. Pastor Bilal. Pastor Bilal, man. What's interesting mm. is um, I think the... What's the word for it? Like the change in nature of my class status yeah. will have the biggest impact. I'd say that's 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 forward. second for me as well. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Definitely. Um, I think I am in transition. In terms of yeah. class being seen as a um like a family thing yeah so i think i'm the first one and this yeah. is going back to the whole we're yeah, from yeah. we went to cambridge thing. yeah yeah the first one in the family to yeah. sort of break a mold of yeah, what yeah. we've been yeah the man's yeah. back in um, that cheese board now yeah with wine yeah, well, man, yeah. cheese and wine's life i, I, I would me, say that would be the second thing yeah me. and like i'm still you know i'm still the same guy i'm still gonna like hustle boss man to get cheaper wings but I'm also going to go out and do things that perhaps my parents and my grandparents and people in my family before never would have thought. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So I think for me moving forward, what's going to have the big impact is how that changes over time. Yeah, yeah. Obviously yeah. that will depend on like the person that I decide to spend my life with. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, mm. all the things that I take. Yeah. I think, yeah, after the race would be like the class and like the accu- accumulation of wealth as well and passing that wealth on genera- generationally afterwards. Yes, um, yeah. So well, yeah, hmm. cool. And I feel on that point, um, we'll just wrap up. I think talking about identity is always interesting. Obviously, anyone listening, you might have your own thoughts on what what's important to you. Feel free to join in the discussion on our Twitter page. Um, we could talk about this all day long. And this was a struggle actually. I ran a two-hour event, and then everyone said you should have been longer. And I feel like identity. We could talk about this forever. Like we yeah. didn't even talk about discrimination or microaggressions or all the aspects. Def- of identity. Tweet us all the stuff that. that as well. Yeah, we'll that stuff. just tweet us all the stuff that we missed out because yeah. we definitely missed out a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and yeah, I guess obviously it's very much from a black male perspective. This this whole discussion. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff we missed out. So yeah, tweet us, um, we're always there. So yeah, sweet. We'll vote that page. Yeah.